0: Today, want to speak on the subject of two rocks. Two rocks, Matthew sixteen eighteen. Pretty familiar, right? Two rocks are spoken of in Matthew sixteen eighteen. Don't believe it's just one, but two, and um, and we'll talk about that a little bit today. Uh, <clears throat> we we've been preaching through the parables of Jesus, and this happened to be the next parable. And in a sense, it's a parable, and we'll consider it here as a um, the picture here being a couple of rocks that Jesus speaks of. Matthew 16:18, reading it, familiar passage, and I say unto thee, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Against it, And I want to think a little bit about this today, the two rocks that are spoken of in this passage, and uh, there are two rocks, uh, and I'm going to contend with you, or not contend with you, I'm going to present to you the fact that you already believe, and that is that one of these rocks is Christ, believe that one of the rocks that's been spoken of here clearly is Christ, and then the other rock is Peter. Uh, Peter's the elder rock. Peter's a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and he's a smaller rock, uh, whereas Jesus Christ is that Petra or that essential or foundation stone that we'll, we'll think about here today. We'll think about the, uh, the Christ rock, first of all. Then we'll think about the Peter rock, and then finally uh, we will consider uh, the stability of this institution that the Lord builds uh, upon Himself, upon this rock. And so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go further. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, the opportunity you give us to look into your word today, speak to our hearts through it. Just use these feeble lips and the uh, ability, Lord, <clears throat> to speak today that's weakened. Uh, just strengthen us all through your word and accomplish your purpose through it. We'll give you the praise, and the honor, and the glory for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. I say unto thee, well, Peter has, uh, has just given a, an answer for the rest of the disciples. And that answer for the rest of the disciples was had to do with the identity of Jesus. Jesus asked the question... Uh, and uh, he, and they had the uh, they Peter had the answer. I'm sure the other disciples, the other disciples would have had the answer. When Jesus came, verse 13, into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, "Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am?" And they said, "Some say that thou art John the Baptist; some, Elias." and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Clearly, the passage that we're reading here is one that deals with the identity of Jesus. And he is asking about his identity. He is asking, "To Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? It's a, it, the focus here is on the identity of Jesus Christ, and, they, and he answered. Simon Peter answered and said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus answered and said unto him, "This this verse 18 is I mean verse 17 is not without a context here." Verse 17, falls, lies within the context of the previous verses. Jesus is continuing to ask questions. He is continuing to answer questions. And he says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And we'll think about that a little bit. And then he says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Greek distinction is clear. Uh, if we were Greek, if we were during, uh, when, the, when the scriptures were written, the New Testament scriptures were written here, we might see it rather clearly. We would read it, and we'd say, clearly, there are two different words that are spoken of here. One is the word Petra, uh, I will, uh, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, Petra, I will build my church. And the other word is the word Petros, which is the word for Simon Peter, the word for Peter. And so, two words, uh, Peter, Petros, a small rock, or Petra, the rock that's spoken of here, this rock, uh, I will build upon this rock, I will build my church, Petra, an essential rock, or a foundation stone. And and so let's think a a little bit about that essential rock, that and I'll call it the Christ rock here today, is the church built upon Peter. Some believe, and the Roman Catholics obviously do believe, that the church is built upon the apostle Simon Peter. And that Simon Peter, in their way of thinking, in the the, uh, 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 apostate way of thinking, I'll add... And that is that they had adjusted years and years ago to believe that Simon Peter was the first pope. And they made up a story about some stories about Simon Peter, about his location, about different things about him that made him, in their opinion, their first pope. And, uh, and so the question is, is he the, the pope? I mean, is, is the church built upon Peter? Or is it built upon, And some would say, it's built upon the confession of Simon Peter? Simon Peter's confession that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, obviously that would be an improvement over the thought that it was built upon Simon Peter. But nonetheless, the question uh, we ask is, when we look into the New Testament, is there not a unique statement? Is it not clear in the New Testament that there is someone whom the church is built upon. Does the Scripture not make it rather clear that this is the case? And so the appropriate answer we want to look at, the focus of this conversation here was clearly on the identity of Jesus himself. Jesus further told Peter he wouldn't even have known the answer to this question unless the Father which is in heaven had revealed it unto Him. The Father had to reveal the identity of Jesus Christ unto all His followers. The, the Father had to reveal it unto, uh, unto His followers. Now I'm going to tell you today that, that there's nothing different. Nothing's changed today. The Father has to reveal to us the, the Savior, Jesus Christ. He has to reveal unto us that, that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that is something that God does in bringing about our salvation. He works within, within us. And there is a, this, this uh, unity between the Father and the Son in which there is revelation that comes in both directions here in the New Testament. The Scripture tells us, shows us that if we were to read uh, Matthew 11 and John, uh, 1 John 1 and 2, we would read numerous pass, a few passages there that say that you won't know the Father unless you know Him by Me, the Son. And you won't know the Son unless you know Him by the Father the father must reveal the son the son must reveal the father or we don't have an understanding of either and, and so God in his miraculous work of salvation through the work of the Holy Spirit brings about a clearly a twofold revelation where that we understand both the Father and the son as John refers to it the father and the son there are those who are apostate and teach fa- false doctrine, that don't have that appreciation of the Father and the Son that the Scripture speaks about. But how did the New Testament writers handle this question? How did they handle the question of the church's foundation? Well, first, uh, did they ever even once hint that Peter was the exclusive foundation of the Lord's church? I mean, the only thing the Roman Catholic Church has to hang their hat upon is Matthew 16, 18. That's it. And, they, and it's upon a false, a false understanding of this passage, but nonetheless, this is all they've got. They don't have anything else in the New Testament that points to the fact that we're, the Apostle Paul said, or James, or John, or anybody else Came back and said, "You know, uh, we're thankful that we're built upon the foundation of Peter, uh, or or something like that." It it it's just not there. Uh, we don't find that. We don't see that. So he was not the exclusive foundation of the Lord's church. And uh, did they? And I, I just ask you on that second point: uh, Did they ever, even once, hint, or do we see that Peter's confession? You remember Peter's confession, how that he confessed the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the foundation of the church. Paul never said that. You know, nowhere do you find anything like that uh, in the New Testament scriptures that follow. Uh, But uh, if we ask the question, though, about the New Testament references to Christ himself being the church's unique foundation a different answer, right? Because we find plentiful uh, re- response to that from the apostles. Uh, Paul said in Romans 9.33 He's a stumbling stone and rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. Christ crucified. 1 Corinthians to 1, 24 Unto the Jews a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks foolishness. Who? Christ crucified himself, Uh, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 3.11 For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 10, For they drank speaking of the children of Israel, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And then in 1 Peter, we asked Peter, Peter, you were told that you were the first pope, weren't you? <laughs> well, Peter would answer, uh, no, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that. Um, but Peter's, Peter gives a response to the Lord if we've so tasted that the Lord is gracious, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. To whom coming as unto a living stone, uh, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be condemned. The unique foundation of the church according to the New Testament is Jesus Christ himself. None other. So, if we think about that, we look at the, the, this rock, the, the, this rock, upon this rock I will build my church. Why? Why is Christ the essential rock of his church? Why is he the foundation stone of the church? Well, first, let's identify his church as the kind that the New Testament speaks about. Because that would obviously be his church. I mean, there's some logic that is real complicated and complex. And then there's logic that is it's kind of simple, you know. That is here's the revelation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ right here in the book. This is it. The word of God is the is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as I read the New Testament that speaks about Jesus Christ, promises, it tells us about his life, promises he will come again and tells us many things about him and gives us a lot of understanding of the salvation that he brings to us that in that portion of scripture over and over again in the portion of scripture in which he actually did start an organization that's referred to as his church in that portion of scripture how does what is the definition of the church in that portion of scripture and in that portion of scripture, which is the only portion of scripture that actually actually continually and repeatedly refers to the church, we find it being local and visible. Local and visible, not not universal and invisible, but local and visible. And so this is the this is the kind of organization, the kind of church that we're talking about when we're talking about the Lord's church. I mean, even if we were to say that there were other kinds of churches to come or there were other kinds of churches that preceded us, we'd still have to say that the kind of church that's the Lord's church that He's talking about here that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it is the New Testament church. It's the New Testament church. So logic is not very complicated here. It's just to say... What kind of church does the New Testament speak about over and over again? And that's the kind of church that Jesus is talking about right here. He's not talking about some other kind of church. He's not talking about a universal, invisible monstrosity, but rather he is talking about this particular institution that is his, his church. Now, every member, and I ask the question why is Christ the essential rock of his church? And, and I would say that every... One of the reasons is rather obvious. He's the Savior, right? He's the, he's the Savior. Every member of His church should have received pardon and eternal life which uniquely came through Him. There's no other foundation of salvation than through Jesus Christ. There's no other way to be saved than than to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's no other... God doesn't lead people to believe in Muhammad. God leads people to believe in Christ. There's none other other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it isn't anybody but our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, every member of His church should have received pardon and eternal life which, is, which uniquely came, comes through him. And so we'd say, first of all, he's, he's obviously the church's savior. And then secondly, the church is, is an effectually built together assembly of little rocks with him as their everlasting stability. The church is an assembly of little stones. And we'll look at a passage of scripture in a few minutes that says that. But it's an assembly of small stones built upon the foundation stone, upon Jesus Christ. And it is, it is in fact, Him that's their stability. I mean, every one of the little pieces of, of sheetrock and, and mortar and, and roof tiles and all this stuff, it all gets back to the foundation, doesn't it? It all gets back to the foundation. And, and it's, it's all supported. If the foundation goes, the whole place comes in, right? That's the way it is. Well, the foundation of the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons is because He's the stability of every one of its members. He's the stability of every one of us. If He is not our stability, we have none. It is not good enough to just join ourselves. With a structure that has no foundation, it's not good enough. It isn't good enough for us to be to be just piled on to something. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself gave an illustration, saying, talking about our lives and how our lives are built, Were our lives built upon the sand or are our lives built upon a rock. And if they're built upon a rock, there's stability. And if we're built, if the the Lord's church is built upon jesus christ in order that all the members of the church would have stability you know as brother mel uh, mentioned uh, a few weeks ago he said you know what we really want to do is we want to lead people to follow who <laughs> don't follow me don't follow me follow christ follow the lord jesus christ He's the one who's your stability. He's the one that is everything you need. He is your altogether lovely. He will give you hope and peace and assurance. He will give you joy in your life as you look to Him, as you depend on Him. He is your everlasting stability. His church also, His church is not filled with folks who stumble at or offended by who Christ is. His church is filled with people who, who love Him and who, and who want His will to be done in their lives and in the church, and he is, but is not. He does not cause them to stumble. They don't stumble at His per- person, at who He is, at His identity. The identity of Jesus Christ is, is vital to the church the person of Christ is vital to the church because he is the one that God says you got to follow. He's the one that God says if you want to be following me, you're going to be following my son, Jesus Christ. That's the only way it's going to be. And so we find that uh we're not it's not filled. The church is not filled and it's not to be filled with those who are offended by the personality or by who Christ is. He also said, he said, notice in this verse, he says, and I will build my church. My church. When he says my church, why, we are still asking this, we're still asking ourselves this question, why is Christ the essential rock of his church? When he says my church, he implies that he would be its unique head. <laughs> he would be the head of it. It's his church. It belongs to him. It's no one else's church. It's it's the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so that implies a headship. His church is not built upon another Jesus. It's not built on another Jesus. It's built on Jesus Christ. And those who preach another Jesus are not His churches. Those who are out preaching another Jesus, they are not churches. Churches of the Lord Jesus Christ they can call themselves ecclesias or whatever they want to call themselves but they're not churches of the Lord Jesus Christ they're not my church as the Jesus is saying here and that there are groups out talking about Jesus does not make them his churches just because they identify with the name Jesus that does not make them his churches They must be those who are truly under the head, the Lord Jesus Christ. They must be those who are truly following Him and and truly have that God-given attachment to Christ Himself, and there must be the scriptural following of Him as the head of their church. And when they just decide that they're just going to up and start a new church and all of, the whole thing's just all about marketing. It's all about uh, it's all about how to get people in and how to keep them, and how to try to uh, you know have the most modern and the best facilities and and the and the highest te- greatest technology. And this is all going to be what we need. Oh, listen! Don't you have this? Don't you have that? The world tells us. Uh, the financial world tells us. Don't why don't you have this attack? Be great to have something attached to your website that, but 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 listen, um, all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things that people do, and it's all just this building of a house upon the sand that is a lot of times being done today. A lot of building of houses on the sand, where that it's a lot. There's some Jesus talk. There's Jesus talk involved, and some of these people may truly even be saved, but they're not following the head. They're not following the Lord Jesus Christ. Not really built upon the foundation. Upon this rock. This rock. There's the Christ rock. And then, secondly, let's look at the Peter rock. And let's take another swig of water. It's dry. But we, like Peter, are small rocks that's what we are we're we're a bunch of small rocks and there's one sense of the word when you think about a bunch of small rocks that you don't think much of those small rocks they're not very valuable in and of themselves you just say you know they're just rocks you go walking through a Gravel pit, or you go walking through something, someplace where there's just a bunch of little rocks, and, and you look around, and you say they're all pretty much the same, and there's not too much to them, you know. But at the same time, uh, they're all unique, <laughs> they're different, they all have a different little different shape, they all have a little different beauty in them. Some rocks you look at, and they're like a Victor rock, and they just got the nice full beard and, and look like man, that's a that's a good rock. That's a <laughs> that's a very pretty, a very nice rock, a good looking rock. Okay, and then there are those kind of rocks that are like the the Mark rock, and and you look at it, and you say, man, I, <laughs> let's find another one. <laughs> you know, let's look for another one because there's there's not too much to it. It's ugly. It's just it's just a right just a rock. There's nothing to it. Then there's you find these rocks that some of these rocks are are nice and flat. And if you're if you're by the lake, those kind of rocks are kind of fun. Those kind of rocks are pretty useful cuz then you can then you can zip them across the water and you can see them skipping across the water. And then you find another you dig out another one and it's big old round thing. You say that's good for nothing. Pick out another. And but you know what when it comes to the lord's church the rocks all the rocks they're all distinct they're all different and they're providentially put together they're providentially assembled together by the lord he has effectually worked in every part of that of his church of each of his churches he's effectually worked in every part and he's brought all of these unlike uh, dissimilar stones and he puts them together and you say one of these days you know we're all going to be like Christ and we will we'll be like Christ in the sense of not having sin but you know what I just personally I truly do believe that in the end we're still going to be dissimilar we're still going to be all different we're going to have all different ways and personalities and such but under the lord jesus and and without sin and walking in righteousness but different distinct sometimes we think in our mind you should be more like me <laughs> you know if you were more like me then you'd be right you know everything would be good and i'm not talking about false doctrine here but i'm talking about <clears throat> i'm talking about here uh, our 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 ways and our works and what we do and our uh, our attitudes sometimes, and how we think sometimes we think a little bit differently than than other people think i 'm glad we 're not all like Peter because i don 't know if I could get along with too many of you if you were you know Peter was kind of a <coughs> sometimes had an air a little air of arrogance you know that was not probably real appealing, but we like Peter, are the small rocks, and these rocks are. Of distinction, divine distinction and purpose, but not all the same, never will be, not the plan. The plan is they'd be different. And even when they grow, their distinction might even be seen more as they grow. As they grow and, and the stuff gets knocked off, what is a diamond? A diamond was just a rock, you know? But it but but that diamond. It grew in its beauty as we understood, as we come to understand what kind of rock this is. And the fact of the matter is sometimes our distinctions, we might be, an, might be something different. We might be an emerald as opposed to a diamond. And there's no way in this world we're going to be clear. We're going to be green looking. And we're going to keep looking green no matter how you clean us up. We're going to keep looking green. And the same thing with that diamond is not going to turn green. And so, there's a distinction that God has in each one of us, and He is working on each one of us. Don't be surprised about that distinction. Don't think that distinction is something wrong, but rather realize that that distinction is something very good, very purposeful, very beneficial. Now sometimes in our lives when we see things, and we look at things, we look at them and we say, this is bad. And God says, no, this is good. I'm sure that Joseph, when he looked at his situation sitting in the pit, he thought things were pretty bad. No, God intended it for good, right? That's what the Scripture says. God had purposed this for His good. And a lot of times we look at things and we consider things and we look even at each other. And we say, oh, there's weakness. And we talk about how there's... Well, yeah, but there may be some strength there. That's exactly what we need. That's precisely what we need. And so, so his church is not filled with people that are all, all the same, but uh, with different kinds of stones. But I want you to think about this too. Very unlike what we think of a stone, and that is that we are to be lively stones lively stones stones are not alive no stones are alive lot stones are just dead stones don't do anything stones just lay there you got to pick them up to get them to do anything even to get them to skip across the water you got to pick them up and you got to do something with them they got to be taken and 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 if, and if you're going to build a house with them you got to put them in their proper place you got to put them in their place you got to you gotta, Sometimes you've got to chisel them off a little bit or do whatever has to be done to get them into that proper place that they need to be. Some will require more work than others. That's just true. That's just reality. Some are going to require more work than others. And so very unlike what we think about a stone, we are to be lively stones. How many of you remember the, the popping candy that they called Pop Rocks. <laughs> Remember that? Oh man, what a what a great invention! Somebody come up with. It's, you put them things in your mouth, and they just go. It was fun as a kid. That was just greatest thing. Is you put those things in your mouth, and they go cracking in your mouth, going popping, popping in your mouth. Are pretty cool. Uh, I wouldn't advise eating a regular rock, but Pop Rocks were okay. They were, they were kind of neat. And um, they came alive in your mouth, though. They didn't come alive until they were put in your mouth. They were, you know, unless you poured water on them or something like that. But otherwise, they were just in that package, a little pack, a little pouch, envelope pouch, kind of pouch. And they were just dead. They were just kind of like rocks, you know. But when you put them in your mouth, they came alive. There was something amazing about it whenever that those rocks were those rock candies were put in your mouth they just came alive and started bubbling and started doing things maybe that's a poor illustration but i would suggest that the new testament speaks of the believer becoming something different when they're built into one of the lord's churches when they're built into one of the lord's churches providentially growing into something usefully Different over time, and 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 being used of God, and being in clearly under the under the understanding and 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 clear perception that the Lord is the head of His church, He's the foundation of His church, and I ought to be built upon Him in a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, I suggest the Lord is going to work on us that way. The Lord is going to accomplish His purposes in our lives that way. Now therefore, uh, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye, are, ye also are builded together in whom, in Christ, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. There's something different that happens. Somebody know the passage of Scripture that I'm quoting? <laughs> it's in Ephesians, isn't it? And, and Ephesians chapter 1, is that where it's at? Yeah. Chapter 2. Okay, Ephesians 2. You want to turn over there? You can see it. Thank you, brother. First, and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. I think that's the way it works out. Ephesians. Chapter 2. Speaking the truth in love, verse 15. May grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. He just got through saying, hey, he's given to the churches, um, pastors, preachers, teachers. He says... um, and as we're speaking the truth and love, we're growing up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that whichever joint supplies, according to the what? The effectual working. That's that's God's work. In the measure of every part of each one of us, in the measure that he of, of usefulness that he might gift each one of us with. He says it maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love, and there's a wonderful thing that he's doing. And uh, and so, what was the verse that I was looking for? And so, uh, so anyway, <laughs> we uh, we look at we look at the scriptures, and we find that there's the word of God tells us there's this. There's this usefulness that the Lord gives these little stones. So there's a little rock that's being spoken of here. Now, he said something else here too. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I want to think about, just for a minute, the stability of this institution. There is a, the question of how will his church stand over time. Jesus says, "I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it." How's it going to stand if he's not, if, if he's gone on to heaven, and he is in heaven, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father on high. That's where he's at. But, but how is it going to go on? How is it that the church is going to continue on Jesus made it clear that lives built on the sand are not going to stand very long why the answer was the foundation it's the foundation has to do with the foundation so it is with the church but there has never been a time when none of these kinds of churches were around since the time of Christ they've always been here History records a trail of blood of churches built on this rock of this passage that's spoken of here. They've always been here. They've been called maybe by different names, but they have been established on this same foundation, and they have been under this same head... And they have walked with the Lord according to His commands, according to New Testament orders that they've been given. And so, I'd say, He says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is the gates of hell? gates of hell would be where the rulers are. The rulers of hell, if you will. Will not prevail against His church. There's never been a time when they hadn't been here. And so the foundation stone is... Is unlike the Peter Stone, which only lasted here for part of a century. You know, he was only around for part of a century. That's about what we are. You know, we sometimes we overlap a couple of centuries like we have, but that's that's about it. And Jesus said, Matthew 16, 18 to twenty, and lo, I am with you all always, verse twenty, even unto the end of the world he says I'm with you till the end of the world I'm with this church I'm with this organization that's my church until the end of the world therefore the stability of the church has not been based (laughs) thankfully is not based upon a Peter rock but the stability or upon a disciple rock of, of any kind but the stability of the church is on the rock, which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we're grateful today that we, as we think, as we think through today, these two rocks. That there's a there's a Christ rock, and there's a little rock, a Peter rock, and we might say a disciple rock, and uh, we're thankful that the Lord can bless and can use each one of us in our lives, and He Himself has promised perpetuity of his churches and so we'll stop right there today and let's go lord in prayer